to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. I'm Erica. And I'm Allie. And this week is all about gut health. We are so lucky to have the incredible Lauren Moniz here with us today, also known as the Fermenting Fairy, to her many devotees throughout Los Angeles. Her fermented food products like coconut milk, kefir, apple cinnamon kraut, and my personal favorite, the lemon ginger kraut, to name a few, can be found at grocery stores throughout Los Angeles, including Air One, Rainbow Acres, Bel Campo, and Vintage Grocers. She creates her product in small batches to maintain super rich flavors and increased probiotic content. Lauren is also a registered occupational therapist, and through the medicinal power of fermented foods, good gut health, and focusing on overall wellness, she completely transformed her battle with Crohn's disease without medication. She now works with clients to help them with their own unique digestive and gut health issues, including leaky gut, IBS, constipation, acid reflux, GERD, and more, (laughs) all while running a thriving fermented food business. And on top of all that, she is also a certified yoga therapist who radiates health and wellness. So welcome, Lauren. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, So to kick things off, maybe you could tell us about your journey to fermented foods and your battle with Crohn's disease and digestive issues. Sure. Yeah. So where to start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I grew up in New Jersey. I and, do too. Oh, well, Jersey girl. Jersey girl. You, even know. you never lose a Jersey, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But I bring that up for a reason, and that is because it's known to be one of the unhealthiest states in America. Um, so proud. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really know that much about wellness growing mm. up. Um, but I was lucky to go to school, undergrad school, and uh, at the University of Colorado in Boulder, mm. where I learned all about alternative healing, and I learned how to eat plant-based diet, and uh, received acupuncture, and all the things that really um, I, I that didn't that I didn't grow up with, but I was introduced to in you know my college years. So. I really felt like that formed the foundation of my healing journey. Mm. And then about five years ago, I was training for triathlons and um, what some people would consider uber healthy. You know, people would look at me and say, oh my God, she's living a, you know, incredibly healthy lifestyle. I would work out for six hours a day, training for my races mm. and eat you know, mostly vegetarian. Um, I had really good relationships with my friends and my family. I had a great job as an occupational therapist. And so everything was seemingly going wonderful in my life. Um, but I was really sick and I was, um, I was, you know, what most people would consider like on the verge of, um, not being able to get out of bed every day. Mm. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I was going to the bathroom a lot of times mm. throughout mm-hmm. the day and definitely not absorbing nutrients. And I knew that even though I was training for triathlons, I could barely walk up mm. one stair, you know, yeah. into my 
home. So something was radically wrong and I was going to doctors, I was going to alternative healthcare practitioners and most people would say that it was just my training and that I was over training, I was tired, just go home and rest. And that um, never really cured anything. I, I did, I stopped training and I rested, you know, I put in more rest days in my weeks. Um, but I was still feeling really bad. So I finally had a colonoscopy and was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And that changed everything. I remember um, coming out of, that was the first time I've ever had anything invasive. And I remember coming out of it and still being really groggy from the medication and having my physician tell me that I have Crohn's disease, which back then I didn't even know what that was. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in gut health. Um, but he told me I have this disease that you have to be on medication. There's no cure for it. Um, and so here's your really expensive medication <laughs> over $1,200 a month. Wow. Um, you know, and go home and this, you can live an average life. You might be in and out of hospitals, you know, you could possibly have some surgery. So he just sort of blasted me with all this news that um, sent me into this, you know, place of fear, yeah. like real deep fear that I, you know, I considered myself really healthy, but um, here I am with a lifelong disease now. And uh, he also said that I need to gain weight because I was really thin then. I, was, I had lost a lot of weight. Um, and so go home and eat all the ice cream you can eat, get tubs of Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> <laughs> eat bread and, you know, I mean, anything. He yeah. said, food has nothing to do with the activity of Crohn's disease. Mm. And even though I was really groggy from medication, something didn't feel right to me about that. And mm. I trace that back to my boulder years. Um, where I knew that food really is medicine mm -hmm. for, you know, us, for, for humans. And I, I know that there's a symbiotic relationship between plants and humans. And so that didn't really ring true for me. And also leading an average life didn't really feel good to me at all. Right. <laughs> You'll be okay, but just okay. Yeah, just okay. And I, wa I wanted to be amazing, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that, that didn't sit well. So that actually fueled my fire and I went home and, you know, I definitely took my medication, but I, uh, and I started to feel better, but I transformed everything, you know, after that, I transformed my life. Um, you know, I, I got rid of inflammatory foods. Um, so I cleaned up my diet even more, even though it was healthy before this, I cleaned it up even more. And I started introducing um, personal growth practices. I began, um, you know, doing more meditation. I had been practicing yoga and teaching yoga for a long time. So I integrated that more into my everyday. Um, I cleaned up or feng shuied my social uh, circles. So mm -hmm. I um, really put more emphasis into the people who I felt were healthy energies for me. And I didn't put any emphasis or I sort of um, cleaned the people out mm -hmm. that didn't feel good, the energy that didn't feel good to me.
Um, and that seemed to really help. And I was starting to feel like myself again. And then I remember this so vividly. I went to a health food store and I bought my first jar of sauerkraut because the diet that I was following, she recommended fermented food. So I went and I tried sauerkraut, which I had never really eaten before. And um, the first couple bites, I just felt this surge of energy. And I, I loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved the taste. It was something that I started craving. And so I was buying it more often, but I realized that I could make it. Mm-hmm. Something in me was just like, well, why don't you just make this? So I, I taught myself. I read books. I watched YouTube videos. And I just taught myself. And the first batch of sauerkraut that I made, I threw out. <laughs> <laughs> because sitting on the counter, I was before um, my diagnosis diagnosis with Crohn's, I was a clean freak. Like I would wash my hands, you know, 30 times a day. Nothing that sat out of the refrigerator, I would not eat. Like everything had to be refrigerated. You know, I was constantly using, you know, the the antiseptic wipes Mm -hmm. and antibacterial wipes. so making my first batch of sauerkraut, sitting on the counter every day, I would look at it and I'd be like, there's no way I'm eating this because mm. it's like out. And, and then my second batch, I just trusted and I ate it and it was like life giving and it mm. was life changing. And so I, I dove into fermented foods. I started making everything, kimchi, kombucha, kefir, you know, all the big ones. And it really changed my life. It changed my life not only in how my body felt and how I was able to get off my medication. I started weaning myself off medication as I started feeling better and, to, and completely got off. Uh, but it also introduced me to a world of microbial life mm. that I not only didn't really know existed, but I didn't trust it. I thought it was all bad. I thought bacteria was bad. That's why I was constantly cleaning. Um, and now bacteria is helping me yeah. and it's, it's actually giving me my life back. And that was a total inverse of what I believed before. Mm. So now bacteria is like my friend, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was really, really just the whole spiritual transformation on a, a body sense on a mental sense, you know, in Mm -hmm. all areas of my life. Well, we talk about that a lot with like a lot of the people we've interviewed so far that, you know, this idea of wellness and what does that even mean Mm -hmm. for the individual and the common theme, it looks different for every single person, but the common theme is that it's a holistic approach, right? It's not just your diet. Mm -hmm. It's not just sobriety. It's not just exercising or, you know, counting macros or whatever, whatever someone's kind of into. It's not one thing, but it, and you know, it's, it's all aspects of your life and that like your food also affects your friendships also affects, you know? And so that it's, you know, we don't, we have a tendency to compartmentalize. I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes our lives, but just like our body, mm-hmm. it's all connected, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say like your first sort of steps in your process for healing where you're like, was your social, 
mm-hmm. your social life and your, your maybe your meditation practices and that mm-hmm. and that the food came along with that. True. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know when you started eating fermented foods, you were following this diet and you started eating the sauerkraut? Did you did you start doing any research as to why prior to making your own foods? Like, did you start? When was your understanding, or when did the shift happen for you? about understanding that bacteria could be good? Mm. Well, I think I had a little bit of a clue about it um, in reading this book and this woman's um, diet that I just spontaneously started following Mm. just to see if it would help. Um, She wrote like a little uh, excerpt about Mm -hmm. fermented foods. And so when I so that's like the only piece that I really knew about it. Yeah. But then once I started feeling good and then loving the food and how it completely transformed my life, then I started really diving into not just how bacteria can help us, but but how like but the 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 richness of soil mm-hmm. and what's happening with our food system right now mm-hmm. and the bacteria yeah. and how we're killing everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how that, but because we're killing the microbial life, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. So um, it was a total, like, full-on dive into <laughs> everything. Like you yeah. said, not just how the bacteria can help us, but how why we're getting so sick. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's so interesting because um, I think I told you I was, I'm reading this book called The Microbiome Diet, and even in it, it's funny you mentioned hand sanitizers too, because mm-hmm. it says don't use hand sanitizers. Like yeah. we're just desensitizing our whole body to these good bacteria that we actually need. And even the fact that when you were, you know, told you had Crohn's disease and your doctor is like, go eat ice cream, go eat bread, it it really blows my mind because I've talked to um, medical professionals who work with like very sick patients, and they don't even really know what the microbiome is Mm -hmm. and that blows my mind from even the one book I've read I realize how important it is so it blows my mind that medical professionals don't know I've been told I have digestive issues and all this stuff and my doctor told me I just I'm over exercising and I need to I just need to rest mm-hmm. and stop. Mm-hmm. But um, I've also heard too that the microbiome is the next like human genome product pro- human genome, genome project. project. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I've read a lot about how that's that's what the microbiome is going to be because even mm-hmm. we know it exists, right? Like when you get a bad feeling, they call it a gut feeling mm-hmm. because your mind and your everything lives in yeah, our in gut. gut. Yeah. Every intuition, all the emotions reside there. So the fact that we're not taking care of it and taking care of the good bacteria, mm-hmm. it, it's really blown my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm so interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, the gut is considered our second brain. Mm-hmm. I think of it as our first, first brain. brain. I just had this revelation in my life yeah. recently. Yeah. It's, it it's is amazing for things. sure. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. And, um, what I'm, what I've been feeling recently is that the bacteria, our choices, especially our food choices, but even our choices in life, regardless of what it is, I think are really being driven by our microbial life in our microbiome. 
Um, I was just speaking to a friend of mine and she's like, why do we crave sugar? Like, why is it? Is it like a a cultural thing? And I think part of it is cultural because there's so much of it. And so when there's an abundance of something, we want it. And it's just like right there in our face. So so that's the choice that we get. But I also think that um, most people have such an imbalance in their microbiome where the unhealthy bacteria or the pathogens are um, more abundant, are in more numbers than the healthy bacteria. And what the so-called unhealthy bacteria, I like to call them pathogens. Mm -hmm. So what the pathogens want is they want that sugary food. They want that white flour, you know, that bread, that stuff that feeds that, you know, feeds them so that they can proliferate. Because the microbial world is all about them, like, really um, outnumbering everything, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a symbiotic relationship, so it's beautiful, because they want to help us, Mm -hmm. and we want to help them. Um, But the pathogens, when there's more pathogenic bacteria outnumbering the healthy bacteria, then your food choices are such that you want the sugary stuff. Mm -hmm. And so who's driving that food choice? It's your bacteria. It's not your brain. You're not really making a rational decision. Right. So when when it's inverted to where you are wanting um, tangier foods, you're just making better food choices, um, then the healthy bacteria are thriving on that. Mm. And it happens naturally. And it happens naturally, yes. I mean, I've seen people go from, you know, sugary stuff, um, to eating sauerkraut and then that's that sauerkraut completely gets rid of the sugar cravings Mm -hmm. and then they start craving fermented foods why are they craving fermented foods because that lactic acid bacteria wants to proliferate into the billions Mm. and um so they start craving the tangy you know um sour that kind of taste Mm -hmm. you know which is generally healthy Mm -hmm. in food yeah um you even see that in in children um, which is really interesting because I'm out in the community a lot with my food and um, children like even one year two years old who right away like they love the kefir they love the sauerkraut and that's a young age to like fermented foods um they're usually babies who are born vaginally mm. and they have been breastfed. Mm-hmm. So right away, like in their introduction into human life, they're getting bathed into their mother's um, bacteria. healthy bacteria, yeah. really good bacteria. And so what do they want? They want the fermented foods. They want the healthy yeah. choices, you know, they, and they also have a full palate. Like they can eat vegetables. They can eat, they're not picky they're not picking mm, yes. kids. The kids, the babies who are born C-section and formula oh, fed. Me 80s, too. Yeah, I was going to say 80s babies. Me like, too. It was like yeah. the thing to do. We want the sugars. They can't stand the fermented foods. You know, they, um, they want the sugary stuff mm-hmm. and they're, they're coined picky eaters, but they're not picky eaters. They're just afraid to eat things that are, you know, unhealthy because kids know innately, they know, Mm. Yeah, you know, that's really fascinating. It is. I've been thinking a lot about that because as an adult, I have, have had pretty bad allergies. Yes. Um, Yeah. And in all areas and 
food allergies, environmental allergies, animal allergies. I have like an intense dust mite allergy mm. I was recently tested for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to do some research into like, cause I've, I've heard a lot about the C-section thing and breastfeeding and you know, obviously sometimes it's necessary. Like obviously in situations where it's necessary. I was 16 hours of labor. Yeah. C-section. Same. Yeah. Oh wow. But you know, yeah. it was also pretty fashionable to do mm-hmm. for a while. For sure. And, yeah. but but I'm like, huh. And I asked my mom recently, I was like, how long did you breastfeed mm-hmm. me for? Mm-hmm. And she said, I could only do about three or four months. She I was a spring baby. And she's like, it was so hot <laughs> that summer. We had no air conditioning and you just like wouldn't stay on. So she's like, that's all you got. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, it's yeah. interesting. Cause so the way it's sort of I think, and then I was a kid with a ton of infections, ear, nose, throat, mm-hmm. and just pumped with antibiotics, yes. right? So in my adult life, some of the gut struggles mm-hmm. or immunity struggles that I've dealt with mm-hmm. have shown up. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's, mm-hmm. the more research I do, I wonder if that's sort of the source of it and how how do I work to reset those things Yeah, myself. Yeah, it's so, and two, yeah, I think we were all kids who, you get sick, you get, I, I've been Here's on so Z-pack. many antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. it's, yes. Even myself as an adult, if I got sick, I'd go straight to the doctor until, mm-hmm. honestly, probably just in this last year when I started really reading about good bacteria and being like, I need to stay off of antibiotics mm-hmm. unless it's an actual emergency and my body really needs it. But what can we do to counter? Is it is it eating more fermented foods? Is it changing our diet? Of course. But how do we counter those antibiotics we have kind of grown up with mm. and put in our body, or if we have to, in that situation, take that antibiotic, is there something we can do to pump our body with the good bacteria at the yeah. same time? Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, fully against antibiotics, mm-hmm. but I do think that they are way overused. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an occupational therapist. I, have worked in hospitals. Mm-hmm. I've worked with doctors. And um, I could tell you that antibiotics are prescribed when things are known, like when there is a diagnosis and when there is no idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's sort of like a Band-Aid. Right. But it's a very invasive Band-Aid. Mm. And it, um, it should not be given when... Um, there is no idea of what it's targeting mm. um, because it's incredibly dangerous to us. It Antibiotics wipe out our entire microbiome, the good and the bad. Mm. Um, and what's happening now is we're finding that some of the pathogenic bacteria are becoming resistant mm-hmm. to the antibiotics. And so, so when you kill everything but those guys can't get killed, then they run amok. And they take over. And one of them is uh, Clostrum difficile. It's called C. diff. Mm. Have you heard of C. Yes. diff? Yes. A friend of mine w- was concerned that she had it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's deadly. Um, a lot of people recover mm-hmm. and recover well. Um, but there's h- very high recurrences. Um, you know, if you, if you get C. diff, um, 
it's likely, not guaranteed, but likely that you'll have it one an, another time and another time and another time. Mm. And it's very hard to recover from it. Um, that's how fecal transplants came um, to our awareness yeah. is from healing. I mean, they're for other reasons too, but really mainly from healing people from C. diff who can't recover mm. from it. And, and the reason why most people get C. diff is because they take antibiotics. Mm. Um, so I just recommend to people that take them only if it's necessary. Mm. And one course of antibiotics, even if it's a three day course, which is really the shortest day, three mm -hmm. to five days, um, it takes almost a full year for your gut to repopulate. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's That's, huge. Yeah. It's huge. And there could be a lot of complications with it. Mm -hmm. So um, really only if it's necessary. And yeah. if your doctor has no idea what's going on, but try this anyway, I would suggest not. <laughs> <laughs> and figuring out a different way. Yeah. Um, and But that's where we come in as our own, you know, conductors, own doctors, you know, yeah. our, I say like, here's our train, you know, and we're driving our own train. We're our own conductors. And, and that's why I love the name of your podcast, Courageous Wellness, because it takes so much courage to say to your physician or your healthcare practitioner, you know, I'm not so sure like if this is going to help and it, it actually might do some harm. So let me try to figure something else out, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and it, it takes a huge amount of courage yeah. to defy that healthcare system, our healthcare system that has really broken down into, um, fear. It's fear. Like doctors are scared, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're scared, you know, that, so many things are changing that we can't literally keep up with the diseases that are happening. Yeah. And it's scary, you know, it's scary to everyone. And, um, so, so a lot of times things are prescribed to us out of fear. You know, I've been hurt. I've been told so many times that because I'm not on Crohn's medication, that there's a good chance that I'll get cancer. I, I can't tell you how many times that's been mm. told to me. So what does that do? That instills fear into right. me. And then I think every pain is cancer. <laughs> yeah. Now I've done a lot of inner work where I'm like, okay, I need to chill out. It's not true. They're scared because they need to cover their butts, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, liability wise. So they're telling me something that could happen. Um, and then what happens to me is I start thinking about it. And if I start thinking about it, then it's in my awareness and then it could potentially happen. Yeah. Right. Instead of saying, okay, you're not on Crohn's medication. Um, great. You know, you, you, you chose that path mm -hmm. and supporting it, supporting a path of prevention and supporting a path mm -hmm. of courage. Um, that to me is really a, a healthy healthcare system. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a, there's like a big lesson in that. That's something I learned too. I had a rare tumor that I found um, mm. on my back cancerous a couple years ago. And she's only 29. Yeah. I was 29 at the time and it was, um, it just looks like a little bruise that never went away like this is strange and my friend was like oh I should get that checked out and the only I have like a terrible 
cold virus thing that wasn't going away. So I finally went to the doctor. It was in winter. And it wasn't my doctor. He couldn't, like my typical doctor that I saw, it was a different guy. Um, I, but I just had to get in. And I was like, oh, while I'm here, can you please take a look at what's going on? Mm. And he's like, ah, it's nothing. It's probably a cyst or something. Don't worry. Ignore. Literally, I got the words, ignore it. Mm. And I didn't ignore it because there was a little like voice inside of me that mm-hmm. said, hmm, it's just not, it's a little strange, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I went, next time I saw my doctor, who was wonderful, she's like, well, let's keep an eye on it. And then a year later, mm. she said, you know what, my notes, I'm a little, from my notes from last year were a little different. I need, I'm going to send you in because I'm not quite sure. But she, in that moment, trusted her gut and I trusted her and I didn't trust that initial doctor because mm-hmm. I knew it was different. And then, long story short, I had this diagnosis. Luckily, okay now, had wonderful surgeons, three surgeries later, but mm. like had, that was such a like, what you're saying, it was such a eye-opening moment because I realized that at the end of the day you want to find professionals that you trust mm-hmm. and that are willing to go go on even if they don't know try to find a solution and also to trust yourself because at the end of the day your body knows and if you're in touch with that in any capacity you will also know, or you mm-hmm. will have the feeling I should follow up with this. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. saw Mark Hyman, who's like one of my favorite doctors. He's in functional medicine and he's an MD who, um, he said like the best doctor is your own body, mm. you know? True. Very and true. So that sort of goes like right in line with what you're saying. Yeah. And that's why I recommend as you were talking in the beginning, it's health and wellness is full spectrum. It's mm-hmm. not just the food. Um, because a lot of times you won't even know what your body needs if you're running around crazy, busy, stressed, you know, that all the busyness, the stress, um, you know, that's all blocking you from the sensitivity that you need in order to listen to those intuitive hits. Mm. So I recommend often to my clients, that they slow down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that might not mean uh, you have to change things in your work, you know, because sometimes you have to run around busy. Um, but that but that means integrating some meditation, you know, something that really just, you just stop, you stop movement, you try to, you know, focus your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so that you can really become sensitized, you can sensitize yourself to your body's needs and your body is constantly giving you messages mm, yeah. that we're completely numb from because of oh so many things emfs you know mm. everything that we're getting from technology mm-hmm. um, medication is numbing us out stress is numbing us out there's a lot of things in this world that uh, create a barrier from us and our intuition And the path of healing and the path path of wellness is really getting back in touch with that and getting closer so that barrier either doesn't exist at all or it's just like a really thin layer. Yeah, Mm. and I think we're so used to feeling numb Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize we're numb because so many people, uh, even myself until recently, I started, um, I try 
most days of the week I'm good at it, not looking at my phone for mm-hmm. the first hour after I wake up mm-hmm. and putting it away for an hour or two before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And that has, when I, and this week, of course, I haven't done it and I felt the effects so mm-hmm. much because we live in a world where you wake up, you scroll right before you go to bed, you're scrolling. And even, I think it was a podcast or an article I read that just simply ask you, how do you feel after you spend time with your friends? How do you feel after you eat that meal? How do you feel when you do things that are normal? Because you shouldn't end time with friends or end a phone call with a friend and feel, "Mm, that didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying in Mm -hmm. the beginning when you even changed friendships in the beginning or um, I didn't realize until recently in one of the books I read about gut health, it talked about chewing, the importance of chewing. And I didn't realize, it literally said you stop, you look at your plate, you breathe and you chew. And just doing that, I didn't realize how much I was just stuffing food in my mouth Mm -hmm. and swallowing Mm -hmm. and then moving on to the next thing. I had been living so numb. Mm -hmm. So actually learning about the microbiome and chewing, um, Mm. it's changed and putting my phone away and not looking at it when I wake up, it's helping me be less numb and then be in tune with what's going on in my life. But it's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hard. is because our society doesn't support that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's again is going back to your wellness, courageous wellness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having the guts to yeah. do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad joke. <laughs> um, I read a little passage in the book I was reading, talked a little bit about how we share our microbiome mm. with the people closest to us. Yes. But I didn't really fully understand. So I don't know if you could speak to that. Yeah. We're constantly shedding bacteria Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and there's, there's microbiomes everywhere. So your apartment is a microbiome. Um, your body is a microbiome, your whole body is a microbiome. And then within your body, you have different microbiomes. You have the breast microbiome, you have, you know, the large intestine, the biggest microbiome with the most amount of microbial life is our large intestine that's in our body. Um, and then the second is our skin. Mm. So even if you just think about like, I'm, you know, if I touch something, mm. you're, and then you touch it, we're sharing our bacteria. Mm. Yeah. And we're constantly shedding it. So everywhere you go, you're picking up, you know, and even bacteria in your mouth is mm. being shed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can think about it and really, and get grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say, you know, that's why choose your mates really wisely Mm -hmm. and choose your pets too, because pets, you know, you have cats and dogs at home, you're sharing their bacteria Mm -hmm. and you know, and it's, it can be like a really beautiful thing. It's, I'm so sensitive to my body now because I've done all this work and cleaning up, um, that just about four months ago, I adopted a kitten Mm -hmm. and she was really sick when I first adopted her and she had a lot of different infections and I felt it like Mm -hmm. my stools changed, Mm -hmm. my digestion changed. And it was just amazing because like I, we were sharing, you know, I was picking up her infections and, you know, and like when, and like she would start to feel better and I would start to feel better and Mm -hmm. we just share, you know, and, um, (laughs) and also, um, women are prone to UTIs, mm-hmm. especially after having sex. Yeah. And 
so if you think about the bacteria that's on that man's yeah. penis, mm, yeah. you know, and body too, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting his full it's microbiome. It's a full exchange. It's a full exchange. Bacteria. But it's yeah. good bacteria too is being exchanged. It is. Yeah. Well. It's not just pathogens. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. And you don't want to be like overly clean, like have him take a shower. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> like, get in there. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of interrupts the flow yeah. a little bit, but yeah, it is, it, it is healthy bacteria. bacteria. Yeah. But the interesting thing is when you uh, start cleaning things up, and I say that in a way like you choose better friends, you start doing personal growth practices, you eat better foods, you'll see that things that used to work don't work for you anymore. Mm -hmm. Foods that you used to eat don't work for you. People that you used to like, you don't like anymore. Um, even, you know, you used to like running, well, it doesn't really work for your body anymore. And that is because you raise your vibration because we're all vibrating humans and you get cleaner and cleaner spiritually and you get cleaner in your material life as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, things become few and far between, you know, some foods work for you, not all foods, you know, and it's just really interesting. So that's also sharing microbiome mm-hmm. that's so cool sharing yeah. yeah sharing bacteria um it's pretty I hear it's um you know I'm also very interested in what types of bacteria we should be incorporating because you can go to whole foods and buy probiotics right or mm-hmm. buy fermented foods and I noticed your caraway fennel kraut had l-glutamine in it mm-hmm. and I know that's a buzzy one I I hear about <laughs> so <laughs> is there any that we should are there better, if we're going to buy like a probiotic supplement or a kraut or any type of product mm-hmm. for our gut health, is mm-hmm. there stuff that we should be looking out on, stuff that isn't worth the money, but that just says probiotic or mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's a really big question. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so probiotics, you want... I would say the 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 best answer to that is microbial diversity. Mm-hmm. So something that has the most amount of strains, mm. yeah, possible. So within the lactobacillus family, how many different strains are there, mm. right? And within the bifidum family, how many different strains? Because if you think of that as your army, your your healthy bacteria as your army, they're fighting for you. Um, uh, how many different people do you want in that army? Mm, right. Yeah. So you don't want just three, you want 50, you you, you want like 300 billion, yeah. you know, yeah. as much as you can get. So if you're going to take a probiotic supplement, um, you do want to choose one that has a lot of diversity. Mm. Um, I don't recommend supplements. However, you, they're good for short term. Mm. Um, but what happens in Dr. Zach Bush talks about this and I learned this from him and it makes so much sense. Uh, when you take a probiotic pill, you're taking the same strains over and over again. Mm -hmm. And people do this for years. I did this, you know, I, I took a probiotic pill for a long, like years, even before I was diagnosed with Crohn's and I didn't know, I thought it was just good. But what happens is like when you plant the same um, plan for, you know, six months, a year, yeah. several years, 
it renders the soil dead yeah. or useless. Mm. And it's the same thing that happens to our gut. Our gut. You create a monoculture. Okay. Um, and sense. so, yeah, so you're taking this. And so it basically, it stops helping you. Mm. A lot of people will say, well, why does my probiotic pill help anymore? Because that's the reason you're getting the same strain. Wow, that's so interesting. And then also the pathogens, you know, I think they have in, incredible intelligence. They'll start to catch on. And then they can start to... Um, shift themselves and they know exactly what's happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why I'm a big proponent of fermented foods because you never get the same strains Mm. over and over again because it's not a lab, you know, we're making them in the kitchen and we can't control all the environment. We can control the environment to a degree, but we can't control everything. Mm. So So there's going to be some diversity. Oh yeah. Yeah. In every batch. Even in every bite, you yeah. know, there's going to be different strains. So. I love it. So how did you, <laughs> yeah. let's transition a little bit on how you started this now professionally, right? Like it changed your life and you started making your own. Right. What, what's the, like, what happened between <laughs> that moment and you having products in all of these yeah. stores? Yeah. Some major stores in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's really, really incredible. I, I call myself the accidental CEO (laughs) (laughs) because I honestly never thought I would have a food company. I mean, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, So when I was healing myself, I was coming up with all these recipes. Like I was making krauts, like my lemon ginger kraut. I love lemon. I love ginger. I love lemon and ginger combined. Yeah. So I made a lemon ginger sauerkraut and I, my body couldn't tolerate kombucha, so I made my probiotic lemonade for me. And uh, the kefir, I love kefir. I don't do dairy, so I made a vegan kefir. I was making almond, cashew, and coconut. So this was all stuff that I was doing for myself. And then I have a friend who has ulcerative colitis, mm-hmm. and I was giving things to him. Uh, ulcerative colitis is another form of IBD Mm. and he was feeling better and loving the food Um, and then I was giving it to other people who had gut issues and they were feeling good and my friend who I spoke about who has ulcerative colitis kept saying to me that's the best sauerkraut I've ever had you know you've got to really think about making this into a product and I just kept saying I don't know like I don't even know how to do that you know that's crazy and um I just, it was like last year, one full moon, I decided to go into Santa Monica Business Bureau and get a business license. That was my first step. I didn't even have a name. I didn't have anything, but I got a business license and that was like, all right, well now I need, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's how it started. We are fermenting fairy is a new company. We started selling uh, Labor Day of last year. Wow! So it's really been about eight months or so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's how it started. I was giving it to friends and family, and they were loving it. Wow. And yeah, I, I love hearing stories like that. Just <laughs> organic. Well, I think when you are in tune with yourself and you're trusting your gut and you're living from that intuitive place, I do feel like your life starts moving forward. And sometimes, not that you're not taking those steps forward, but it's almost like you're being forced forward. And And it happens more easily than than sometimes when you're trying to control all the pieces. 
Exactly. Which is why taking care of yourself and living intuitively and healthy is the key to like all of your dreams coming true, not to sound so cheesy, but I'm having a experience like that in my own life right now where I'm just living in this healthy space. And for the first time, I feel like my life is moving forward, Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. it's coming from all this stuff moving out of my life. It's forcing me in this forward direction. But, um, I, you know, I also have one question too about kombucha Mm -hmm. because I love kombucha. Okay. I love it. But I know there are some people who say it's great. It's a way to get the probiotics in. And then there's other people who are like, do not drink kombucha. It can create candida um, or add, because it's fermented but through with sugar. with sugar, through adding sugar. Mm-hmm. So again, I love it. And I, I take the information in, but I just wanted to know what was your My opinion, take on your take kombucha. on kombucha. <laughs> well, I used to make it. Um, so... I recommend if you're going to drink it to make it at home yourself Mm -hmm. because then you can control the sugar content. Mm. Um, I personally am not a fan of it, like just in terms of health, uh, because it does have really good benefit though. It has um, beneficial yeast, especially the saccharomycin Mm. uh, yeast. Mm -hmm. And that is really good, especially uh, for people who have diarrhea. Mm. Um, So there is benefit to it. And it's one of these things like if you go from drinking, say you drink Coca-Cola mm-hmm. or Pepsi or some kind of soda, and then you start drinking kombucha, you're going to feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because you go from like really bad to something good. Yeah. You know? But if you want, in my, this is my opinion, I'm not knocking kombucha at all, but if you want something that is, is, is going to really elevate your health the path of your health and the health in your body really elevate it. It to me, it's not kombucha Mm. Um, because you have to be careful. A lot of companies, not all of them, but some companies to get the carbonation that is known in, in the kombucha world will add sugar at the time of bottling. Mm. Uh, When you make kombucha at home, it's not carbonated. I mean, it might have a slight effervescence, but it's not. And so that carbonation either comes from adding sugar at the time of bottling or actually pumping it with, you know, the gases that mm-hmm. create the carbonation. And that's not good. So carbonation does n- is not healthy for the gut. It mm-hmm. can cause gas and bloating. I think that's something that I've struggled with because I love, like, I love seltzer. I love anything with mm-hmm. bubbles. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a singer and performer. And... This is interesting. This is on my list to talk to you about today. But when I went for my last ENT scope to check out what's going on with my vocal cords, he said, you have acid reflux. Mm. I was like, no, I don't. I don't feel like, you know, thinking you need to feel heartburn or something. And he's like, no, but I see some, maybe it's not terrible, but I see some acid, Mm -hmm. like too much. And that can really hurt your vocal cords over over your life if you don't get it under control. Mm -hmm. And... Recently, I stopped buying just like even seltzer water, mm-hmm. and I've noticed a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's very and true. that's so, so sad to me because I love it. But I was going to ask you like the carbonation is not good for your gut. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's not. I mean, anything that that the 
body really doesn't produce, the body doesn't produce carbonation. So why would you want to introduce that in, Yeah, you know, and that that could create the gas that's actually coming back up. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, and causing the acid Especially because I'm like, oh, well, my diet's pretty clean. I don't have a lot of acid. Right. You know, like... I mean, I drink coffee, but not a ton of it. Yeah. I'll have like a cup in the morning. Um, and so I'm like, Whoa. yeah. Do I, can I never have any wine anymore? Like, can I never do And it's like, oh no, just like a couple little tweaks have really, mm-hmm. I've noticed the right. difference. Well, it's yeah. just life in moderation. Because I also read somewhere that I think kombucha in its like original form was supposed to be have almost like as a shot, like mm-hmm. in a very small dose of it and now we're drinking it in like 16 ounce yeah. bottles um yeah. so I think in moderation because mm-hmm. that you know I also read that too clearly I'm like reading all about the microbiome <laughs> but it said if your microbiome is clean you could only eat in a microbiome diet way for 70% of the time and you won't mess up your good bacteria and I was like that's Oh, you mean if you have a functioning... If you have a functioning, functioning healthy microbiome, like mm-hmm. if you're eating and living for the majority of your life and in this like way to help your microbiome, if you go off and have that like cookie or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. salts or water or whatever, it's not going to hurt you mm-hmm. as, as much as if you were living a life of like seven days a week of cookies and one day a week of right from sauerkraut yeah yeah Yeah. you want to be you know soft you don't want to be rigid with anything um so I think softening the boundaries is really important especially when you're on this health kick you know it's just uh allowing yourself to everybody calls it cheat, but it's just, just allowing yeah. what you want, you know, yeah, and to live, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to live like a, a life that, you know, if you desire something, then go for it. Mm. Um, but doing it with awareness and intuition, yeah. you know, yeah. and also asking yourself, am I going to feel good after I do this? Absolutely. Cause if the answer is no, then why would you want to do, do it? it? I mean, <laughs> it's even, even deeper. if it is, ice cream really like why would you want to do it because for me I want to feel good all the time yeah that's not to say I do but if it's in my control I will you know and everything's in my control really I mean even even what even the things that happen to me that are external the way I I um, react or mm-hmm. the way I perceive it is still in my control. Mm-hmm. And so I want to feel good all the time. Yeah. So it's a choice. So beautiful. Yeah. It is a choice, I think. And also to, but to be able to get to that place where you recognize what feeling good feels like. Right. For you, yeah. That's, I think that's part of the journey where some, you know, like if you're used to just constantly having the ice cream, mm-hmm. you don't remember what it feels like right. to make the, the opposite choice right yeah. so it's that's like that intuition getting in tune with what so that you can hear what your body is telling you mm-hmm. you can hear what your gut's yeah. telling you or even myself I'm an emotional eater so food holds like so many emotions mm-hmm. for me but um we have a great family friend um who is this German nutritionist and she's so to the point and mm-hmm. very holistic and uh she told me 
that I basically dairy is causing a lot of stuff with me. And I told her, I was like, I just can't imagine not eating cheese. Mm. And she looked at me and she goes, when you figure out what emotion you're covering with cheese, you won't need to eat cheese anymore. <laughs> and she just like walked away. And I was like, damn. But I think that's so true. Cause so much of the time, the ice cream isn't about, oh, it tastes so good and mm-hmm. I want to enjoy this right. like scoop of ice cream. It's it's more and it could be, but a lot of times for me, an emotional eater, it's I'm I'm not physically hungry. I'm trying to cover up an emotion mm-hmm. I'm not aware with. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. really learning about the microbiome and gut health has been so freeing for me because it's made me think about things like chewing. Um which I hear is the first step in digestion is mm-hmm. chewing. Yeah. And am I going to feel good? Like we were just saying, mm-hmm. if I have that bag of chips or mm-hmm. whatever it is, even if they're gluten-free chips, still chips. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the first step to digestion, in, in my opinion, is breathing. Mm. Way more than chewing, you know, and eating is like a, a, is a roller coaster of sensation Mm -hmm. you know we should be using all of our senses when we eat Mm. Um, not just taste but when I teach people uh, you know through my gut health consultations I teach them first breathing deep Mm. belly breathing that's step one to healthy digestion because if you're not integrating this the rhythm you know the peristalsis the rhythm of your gut through the diaphragm Mm -hmm. movement then you're not kickstarting the digestion at all. Mm. So it's really the breathing and then looking at your food, admiring it, mm-hmm. <laughs> smelling, mm-hmm. and then um, tasting. Maybe even hear. You can hear what it, you know, what it it's like to drink kefir or to eat sauerkraut or eat a bag of potato chips, whatever mm-hmm. you're eating, you know, and tasting and then. Um, and then our sixth sense is like really our feel, like mm-hmm. the sensitivity. What does it feel like to that I have just eaten that? Wow. So it's like full roller coaster. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> full experience. Yeah. So before we kind of wrap things up, uh-huh. what what is your, now that you've completely gone off your medication mm-hmm. and you have this healthy microbiome that works for you, what is, how do you incorporate it into your daily life? Like what does your daily sort of fermented food intake look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, for just fermented foods? Or yeah. Foods? Or for, I mean, how it fits into sort of your, your daily eating. Okay. Me personally? Yeah. yeah. Um, I start off um, every morning with uh, water and lemon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I am, we were talking about this before, I'm a big fan of aloe vera juice. Mm-hmm. Again, but it has to be a very specific kind that is stripped of some toxins that aloe vera does have. Um, So I do those two things in the morning, and then I go right into drinking my kefir, my coconut milk kefir. Mm -hmm. Um, That, to me, is the best way to start my morning because it's so alive. I mean, it literally is alive, and it (laughs) makes me feel alive. (laughs) It's just teeming with life, you know, And, and it's teeming with life that wants me to live that wants me to live a good life Mm. you know so it's so beautiful it's like just a an incredibly fulfilling nourishing relationship so 
I make a smoothie with my kefir. I'll mm. put blueberries in, bananas, whatever kind of fruit is yeah. in season. And, um, and then I'll have, you know, throughout the day, I'll have lunch and dinner or some meals in between, but I'll have sauerkraut, you know, a couple tablespoons. Um, and sometimes I drink my lemonade and sometimes I don't, I don't drink kombucha. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't work for my body Mm -hmm. and kimchi. Um, I, I know a lot of people love kimchi. I, I just want to note that you do want to be careful with that because, uh, kimchi, you add sugar to it. And also kimchi usually has nightshades in it in the Mm -hmm. form of peppers Mm. and nightshades are, uh, can be inflammatory. So, um, so the big ones, the big fermented foods to me are sauerkraut um, and kefir. Mm, okay. Huge. Water kefir is good. Um, that's sort of on the lower end. You know, I think it's better than kombucha mm. for sure, um, but not as good as milk kefir, mm-hmm. um, especially non-dairy milk kefir. Mm. And then sauerkraut is a powerhouse. So Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much for joining so- us interesting and um where can everyone find you online and on instagram your website and instagram handles so my website is fermentingfairy.com and it's being redone so right now you'll find one website and in about a month you'll find another website where you can order online okay so i'm really excited about that yeah and facebook is fermenting fairy and then my Instagram is fermenting.fairy. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. And let's just say, mention again, you're at Erwan, Rainbow Acres, Belcampo, and Vintage Grocers. Yes, and we're also at Farm Shop in Brentwood. Oh, they're, great. They're selling both of our lemonades. Okay. Ooh. And yeah, that's it for now. So, that's so well, that's so that's great. Awesome. So thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. yeah. Until lovely. next time. <laughs> Courageous Wellness.